Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is The View from the Gladys Street, a podcast by the fans for the fans. As we go on the terraces to discuss all the big talking points at Everton Football Club. Hello there and welcome to the latest edition of the View from the Gladys Street podcast on the Royal Blue, Acast and iTunes channel. I'm your host, Ian Kroll, and this week we have some real transfer news to talk about. Rumours quickly turned into reality as Fabian Delph completed his move from Premier League champions Manchester City on Monday and will now wear the Royal Blue of Everton. A fee in the region of £9 million was agreed. Delph will also pocket 120k a week. He will be very much the hot topic of conversation on this week's show. Other segments of the show will include the need for reinforcements at right-back, and I will ask the question, if the Zuma deal doesn't get over the line, do we trust Keane and Mina? To my guests, we are privileged today, as our first guest, you could say, is podcast royalty. Back on the show, we have... (laughs) We have the winner of last season's View from the Gladys Street, Everton fan, end of season quiz. It's Connor Bennett. <laughs> right. How are you, Connor? All right, yeah, you. Still basking in the glory of last season's triumph. Ah, uh, no. Forgot, no? What, forgot, forgot even when that was. Did you not even try to organise like a, a victory parade or anything like no, that? No, no, no. I can't be bothered. Oh, Too well. many on in town, you know what I mean? Oh, fair enough, fair enough. We also have a new face on the show today, a podcast first-timer. He is in charge of running the nsno.co.uk Everton fan site and Twitter account. It's an Everton fan Twitter account with a substantial number of followers who offer views and opinion on Everton Football Club. It's Simon Paul. You all right, Simon? Yeah, you all right, Simon. Good, good. Um, Simon, we'll give you the floor first. Um, just tell us what you're thinking for the new season and what Everton can realistically achieve. It's difficult to say, really, with, like so early in pre-season, but you're thinking it's early, but it's actually quite late as well with the transfer window closing as the Premier League season starts. Um, so really we're looking at we're already on August the 1st with transfers and everything aren't we so we've got Delph we've got Gomez um, we've got a backup goalkeeper as well for for Pickford there's obviously still a lot of work to be done if we're going to do what we want to do which is challenge for those European places as well Um, and it's looking at what we can do there's talk about needing to free up funds and sell some players or move some players on. Um, it's whether those players will take a wage cut to leave Everton because the previous regime obviously gave them a lot of money to, to be here and they look like the kind of players who could quite happily sit back and, and just pick up their wage check. Um, if we can get rid of the Deadwood, sign some sign the players that the, the Silver's happy with, then there's no reason we can't be challenging top, four, top five, top, top six. So are you optimistic then? at least for the next couple of weeks in terms of getting those players in that we need and getting getting rid of the deadwood. It, it is just getting rid of the deadwood, isn't it? It's making sure that we put people in the shop window through pre-season. Um, I mean, the magic Kevin Morales at right back was was a masterstroke. It there. was a masterstroke, wasn't it? Um, he's either he going to be his backup or, or... Yeah, he was only there. He only played for a couple of minutes, really. There was an injury, wasn't there? And he was pushed up the field. Absolutely, but, you know, it, it, if we can get him in the shop window, someone, someone stupid will buy him at a right back. Mm. Um, I know there was a move to Liège that he, yeah. he knocked back because they weren't going to pay his full wage. Yeah. I thought um, that was a done deal at, at one point and then it obviously just didn't happen, did it really? No, and it, it did look like it was going to go through, but like I say, 
he wouldn't take the pay cut and no. he's happy to stay at Everton and, and count his money clearly. You but... can't blame him, to be honest. You know, you're not going to take a pay cut, are you? If you know, unless you know, you're offering something completely different. I've never been in that position where it makes a difference. <laughs> of you know, I'm not sure how much difference it makes when you're on 85, 90 grand a week going down to 60 grand Still a week. Still got a mortgage to pay, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> how many kids can you have that need feeding? <laughs> Connor, do you, do you agree with the, the sentiment there? Are we, you know, realistically we're going to be able to get these players out and, you know, the, the key positions? Yeah, I, I'm not too sure about getting players out. Obviously, in an ideal world, we do. We get rid of everyone we don't, not gonna, who's not going to play a part next season. We turn that into players who are going to really help us on and kick on. And I agree, we need to be challenging for fifth, sixth, everyone will say that. Maybe even a top four of situation present itself with them 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 at the top like dropping out with transfers and stuff but I don't know as I say who's going to take Kevin Morales who's going to take Morgan Schneiderland we can sit there and say well X Y and Z you might try and take them but at the end of the day it's some football managers and FIFA that's harder to get rid of these players than we think it is do you see it as a seems as though we just discussed there Kevin Morales has knocked back a move to his home country do you see it just a last, you know, last minute deal, loan deal where again we're gonna have to pay fifty percent of, yeah. of his wages, which is obviously frustrating, isn't it? I think, yeah, I'd, I'd say so. If we can't shift them, but within the next two weeks, then we're talking deadline day. Jim White saying, "I know he's gone X, Y, and Z to Villa on loan, and we'll push out on to him. How long has he got left on his contract? Another year, two years, and I think it's another year after this. I, I mean, the same boat would say like Sandro who's just gone on to loan. I think." I, He's one of them players now. We're probably going to loan until his contract's up, and he's just going to be released, and we'll wash out onto it when it gets to that point. I can't see anyone really forking out money for Kevin Morales. I mean, with the, with the players, are not just Morales. It's almost like a poker game, isn't it, Sam? And it's like I'm sure Kevin wants to play um, football. You know, he's coming to the end of his career. It's yeah. not going to last forever. So he's probably thinking, well, it is going to come a point where I'm going to have to decide. But then it's well, who gives him first? Because Everton really needs to get that money off the wage bill, isn't it? It is, yeah, and like. Like Connor said, you know, if it's a last-minute loan deal somewhere, you know, Stoke might take him or something, and it will end up... Taking a lot of our players over the past <laughs> well, yeah. seasons. If they can have Martina and, uh, and Williams, <laughs> then, you know, they've done they've done their fair share of favours to us. But um, if it ends up that we're paying 50% of the wages, then then so be it, if that means we can bring in a, an extra body that we're going to use and gonna is going to do the first team some good. OK. Um, Connor, moving on to Delft then. There's some real transfer news to talk <laughs> about because, obviously... We've just been linked with every name under the sun. You know, we've got two players in, Gomez and um, the goalkeeper, Lossell. Um, but obviously the deal was finalised yesterday with, with Manchester City. Just your initial thoughts, really, when we were linked mm. and the rumour kind of started to turn realistic. Were you, as you, as your opinion changed now that we've we've got him from when? You know? I'd, I'd say, still thinking about it, at first I was completely like, it popped up and I was just underwhelmed. I was like, what are we doing here? Why, why are we spending money on Fabian Delph? And then I thought about it a bit more logically and thinking we need a leader in the squad and he's someone who, I watched the City documentary when I came out on Amazon and he was played a key role in that of like stepping up and I thought, well, it makes a bit more sense and I'm thinking, well, we don't know what the future is with Gay, so let's get a midfielder and just to, solidify ourselves there and then as it sort of progressed I'm thinking well he's obviously not that bad if he's stuck around at Man City <laughs> he's ours now anyway you can't say can't slag him and, that, and you know what I mean like from what I th- first thought thinking this lad's rubbish and X, Y and Z I've never been sold to him and I'm thinking he's not gonna he couldn't have stuck around the City as long as he did if he didn't have something about him not not to say like he's gonna be a world beater but he's gotta be a viable squad member for us going forwards and I think he he, he can fill a couple of roles which is nice it never hurts and He'll probably solidify himself as a first team player for us moving forward. And I say, can't really judge him until 
he gets actual game time for us and how he fits in with our players. It looks good on paper, but it's like, let's see how it actually works. Well, we'll come on to whether, you know, he's going to get game time because he said he's come to play football. He was, his chances were limited at City, the quality that they've got. But, you know, Brands has said in the past, you know, the model of getting young, hungry players to come in and ambitious players on, on low wages, this kind of goes against the grain a little bit, doesn't it? You know, we're a tw- obviously not past his best by any means, 29, still got plenty of time left in his career. Um, but it's a bit of a turnaround, isn't it, from what, what we've known? It is, yeah. And he's not played that much football over the last three or four years, so he's probably got a bit more in the tank than the average 29-year-old Premier League footballer. Um, but, you know, he's been given the number eight shirt today, so he's definitely going to be a first-teamer. You look at Andre Gomez being given the twenty number 21, which I think the announcement could have probably been done a little bit more sympathetically to Gomez. Mm. Um, you know, maybe let him do it first and then just slip in on, on Friday when, when Delph comes out with the number eight shirt on, and that's, that's why. I think Gomez has requested that shirt, though, hasn't it, he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because uh, he had that at Valencia, didn't yeah, he? I yeah, think, 21, so. so he's obviously got a special. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I'm old-fashioned. One to eleven is your first team, yeah, isn't yeah, it? So, yeah. so giving giving Delph a number eight shirt that that symbolises he's going to be playing first team football. Um, you know, if he's got the fitness levels of maybe a 25 year old Fabian Delph, then happy days. He's always had pace. He's always had a good footballing brain. Great first touch. You know, we didn't go to Man City to make up the numbers as the as the English contingent, did he? Mm. So you know, we've got a good addition to the squad. Whether it's exciting to see him as a first-team player or not, I don't really know. Well, where does he fit in then? Because most of his games playing for City were at left-back, weren't he? When, you know, um, and I was natural positions in the centre of the midfield, but, you know, predominantly played. he played there. He's not going to be a left-back for us, is he, with the you know the quality no. that we've got and the back of quality that we've got so what? it's a, it's a, for me it's just a strange one that just where he's going to fit in because if he's a replacement for Guy, then I will be disappointed. But if, mm. if he's a replacement for the likes of maybe Snidlin, um and McCarthy, say, for instance, then you know I'm, I'm all for that completely. There's, I was watching the game on Sunday, though, and seeing how high up the field the, the fullbacks play, like Leighton Baines was in the opposition half most mm. of the game. And maybe the thinking is, if you get a left-sided midfielder and a right-sided midfielder who are capable of getting back quickly okay. and doing a job, then, because, you know, Bernard... Wasn't isn't that quick? Isn't that big? Isn't yeah. that capable of getting back? He's, he's game for it, but and Theo Walcott just likes to have a good position to watch the opposition score from when he's <laughs> when he's playing on the right side. So oh, he's going to fit in well here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so maybe that's the thinking: is get get someone who's capable of getting back as well as getting forward, yeah. and you've got a double threat. Then if you've got Luca Dean or or Leighton Baines and Fabian Delph on the left hand side, you've got a double threat. Then you're not just going to look for the overlap from the fullback. You're going to be thinking, hang on. The left left winger is going to try and beat me here, as well as that overlap. Um, plus, you've got the double edge of defence as well. Then, interesting way to look at it, Connor. Do, do, yeah. do you see it like that in terms of a, you know, a def- defensive-minded player, but also someone who can bomb on as well? Yeah, well, as, as Simon said, he's got always had a bit of pace about him. So if he's still got that like legs in him in field, he'll do well for us. And I think thinking on that is maybe when. I hate bringing it up, but like when McCarthy and Barry were in midfield, and when we were like we were decent, Barry sat in for Coleman. At, sorry, McCarthy sat in for Coleman, and Barry was sitting in for Baines, and it worked. And it people keep making that Delph comparison to Barry, so obviously that's going to get brought up. And I think that was sort of like it allows us to play our football that way. If it's going to come off like that, I'm not too sure. At, but I think he's got a bit more about him going forward than maybe we think. I think he could sort of Gomes 
we've not really seen him push on and he's never been a big goal scorer in his career. So I can't see him making that next big leap to being a 10 goal midfielder. So if Delft can provide two or three in there and he pushes up and goes, lets us sit and control and spray, then I think that I think that's probably more the thinking than say more defensive than going forward. Well, he said he's here to play. He wants to play games, like he said, because he wasn't getting every game at City. So let's look at the first game of the season. Then with the team that we've got now, let's not worry about like the striker situation, but we know pretty much you've got Pickford. The defence is probably set. The midfield's obviously now got a bit of a question mark over it. Does he fit into that starting eleven on the first game of the season? If it's just a gay stays, no. Well, so, so let's say... Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, he's on the bench. He's on the bench. You think he's on the bench? Absolutely on the bench. Do you agree with that, Simon? I'd probably put him in ahead of Bernard. Would you? Yeah, I, I think. So he's more of a, a left. So you, from what you, obviously what you I'm, were saying, I'm looking a at left him more of a left-sided wing, player, winger, yeah. wing back type. Yeah, um, and if he if he needs to switch in in inside, then that he's capable of doing that. And then you can use Bernard to come in, and maybe maybe Bernard can sit behind whoever we've got up front as well, and and allow Sigurdsson a bit of a free roll. I mean, we have got Crystal Palace who are notoriously physical with the yeah. players that they've got. Um, I suppose it wouldn't be a, a bad shout, really, for for Delft to feature in that in that role. But obviously, we don't know what's going to happen in yeah. terms of injuries, yeah. players coming uh, in and stuff I like that. I can't think of him. Obviously, he's played left back for City. I can't think of him playing like sort of left wing, but an interesting one. Like mm. maybe against them sides where Bernard struggles to beat a fullback or gets pushed over, then Delft could sit in as an option. I just, I just see him as a, or I've always seen him yeah, as a centre midfielder, yeah. which is. Obviously, we know he's yeah. versatile and he could probably play anywhere along the midfield and maybe even a fullback, both sides. But it's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, is there a concern that we've been stung by these type of transfers before? You know, players, you know, at the, the later stages of the career. Um, and are we potentially making the same mistake again? Just examples. What I mean is, you know, the likes of Walcott, who was at a top four club, he's... You know, you'd have to say he's come down to a, a smaller club in Everton. Same with Morgan Snyderlin, Man United, Everton. Um, maybe even Samuel Eto'o, you know, done it all with Everton <laughs> and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? I'm just thinking, you know, we have been stung with those those type of players before, haven't we? Yeah, I think, I, I don't know, I think the optimist in me, would rather look at it along the lines of, and I hate to mention them, but like James Milner. Yeah, yeah. No, you know, it's, it's, that, it's that a weird comment, move. like, definitely. Because um, I, think, I think players... Of, of of that sort of ilk can can stagnate a little bit at, at big clubs like that and need to be the big fish in the little pond mm-hmm. almost and you know you look across the park and Milner is that big fish in their little ponds um you know Delph isn't gonna be that 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 monster that we want but you know he can come in and he can do a job and obviously I think even Walcott you know I give Walcott plenty of stick mm. but the first we all do <laughs> first three or four minutes of his career at Everton he, he did really really well the first couple of games though he did really really well and he looked like the player we we were missing um, and then he reverted back to his Arsenal days mm. and and that was basically where he stayed isn't it is it about ambition then Connor like has he got a because he's obviously he's done the usual he said all the right things you know he's on camera training medical I want to win and I want to like win that. trophies I want to play football you know it's you know it's the cliche, but he said he said it all. So he's he's got to have that ambition, otherwise it's just not going to work. Is yeah, it? I think it it would probably come down to like more of a mentality issue within the squad and sort of how they're going to react to like how the season goes and stuff like that. You can't really judge him until he gets punched in the face and we're looking at three defeats on a bounce and we're thinking, oh, yeah, what sort of player who's going to step up? Here, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like 
I think sort of we've been stung by them sort of deals in the past with obviously Schneidlin and Walcott, as you main examples there of like they've down tools on managers and thought, well, I'm not going to bother here because once this is finished, I'm I'm not really going to be the man. So I think it's sort of for Delph, it's going to be once he gets to run a games and how he reacts to that. I, I think he'll probably help the squad step up a bit, maybe a bit, become a bit more. He's He's got a bit of nastiness about him with his tackle. Remember the one on Richarlson mm. at their place this season, uh, last season, sorry. So he he's not going to, I don't think, mess about and like, oh, I'm only here to pick on my money and stuff like that. I think he's probably going to try and cement himself as a key player. Was it just like an offer too good to turn down? He was available, you know, eight to nine million, whatever it was. You know, wages these days are in excess of 80 to 90 yeah. to 100,000 anyway. You know, English player, like you said, we was, you know, wealth of experience. Yeah, it's probably something where they've heard about it and gone, well, for that money, we can't really turn it down. It's cut price and... I think you look elsewhere. Even if we try and get a similar player from abroad, they're probably going to go, well, we'll stick a Premier League premium on him because everyone else there has gone for 30, 40 million. So I think to get a player who has played probably 10 years in the Prem for eight, te- eight to 10 million is probably spot-on bargain. And what does that mean for the likes of James McCarthy then? Because obviously we're talking about Gomez and Snidlin and, and Guy, you know, the players who are going to be in and around the team. What does it also mean for, sorry, McCarthy, but what does it mean for Davis? I think for McCarthy, it probably means he's he's looking at the exit door there. And I think you know he was close last summer and the summer before as well to, to move up to Scotland and we didn't materialise for for one reason or another. Um, but I do think it is sort of that that sort of thing for him. He's not played often enough for us. He's not in contention. I think we've moved up a level from the James McCarthys of this world. Who you know when he's been fit, when he's been playing, worked fantastically hard. Mm-hmm. Um, did the role of sort of the Phil Neville role, which was get the ball off the opposition and give it to someone who can play football. Mm. Um, I think for Tom Davis, I think the future is probably a little bit more rosy in that he was given that arm round his shoulder last season of giving the captain's armband. Mm-hmm. I think that that shows us and him that the manager's got a lot of faith in him and that, you know, he's in the long-term plans. If he bides his time, if he, if he plays well, if he takes his chances, then that'll be him. Then he'll, be, he'll go on to be Everton's mainstay captain. I think on Davis, the interesting part was when he said, I think it was to Phil in Africa, that he's a attack midfielder, he feels an attack midfielder. So I think if we look at it as sort of like a squad depth of who plays with, and if we move him up to, say, like Bjarne, Sigurdsson and Bernard, as that mm-hmm. 10, he's going to stick around because we've got no depth up there. If we start looking as more as a defensive midfielder, centre midfielder, then it's like, well, maybe he could do it alone. But I think now if he's talking about playing more further forward, then he might have had something from Silver. It's like, we'll start to think about it. So I think he's going to stick around for the next 12 months, at the very least. I mean, he's not a guy, is he, in that in that no. mold? Like, where he would no. sit, sit back and just break stuff up. I, I just see him, he's not exactly like this, but he's obviously more attacking in the mold of, like, Osman or something like that, where he gets on the ball, runs with it. He hasn't got tremendous pace, but he can pick yeah, out yeah. a pass mm-hmm. and, yeah, yeah. you know, obviously get the odd goal, which he, he showed against City when, you know, we f- he first he first came onto the scene. It's just an interesting one, isn't it? Because he's going to find, unless injuries... Yeah, well, that's, that's what I think. I think he's a bit... Le- not, not physical enough to play in the centre. And I think if you sort of, like, give him, like, a free roll and just run about... He seems to not thrive off games, but play better when games, like, break up and start to, like, oh, this is a bit scrappy and... We need to get someone on the ball. He seems to play better them sort of games than like when we're dominating, you know what I mean? Like he if you throw him in a ten and the ball floats around him for 10, 15 yards, he's gonna run at it. He does that. If he gets there and makes a tackle, who knows? But at least he's gonna put himself about. I think that's 
probably what's going to help he, him moving forward. He can play in tight spaces though. Yeah, as well, that, Garnier, yeah. and that's you know that's what gets him out of not having the the pace of someone of someone else. Then his skill can sort of buy him a, a couple of yards because he can he can bamboozle defenders by getting out of that tight spot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and just McCarthy for you, Connor. Is that is that him finished now with everything? Yeah, I, I like I've always liked James McCarthy and always wanted him to kick on, but yeah, at this point he's he's too far down now to be to be stick to be sticking. I know you're still reeling from them. James McCarthy, Mick McCarthy question from the quiz last year. So <laughs> Don't bring that one back. <laughs> so point one, eh? Oh. Um, okay, then. So we're, we're happy with Delft then? Like, we're just, or we're content? We just, yeah, content. Yeah, yeah. Solid player who's, you know, hopefully going to uh, have a couple of years. I mean, if, he, if he's here a couple of years, it means he's been a success. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I Solid assume. six out of ten. Six <laughs> out of ten. The View from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The View from the Gladys Street podcast. Move on to Zuma then, who you called halfway through the season a, a three or a four out of ten. Five. I give him a five. <laughs> did you? Yeah. Only because... Only because I got bullied, bullied, bullied by Robin uh, Connor. <laughs> um, so Simon looking very unlikely that the Zuma deal is going to get over. Is it, first of all, is it a, is it a blow that yeah. th- th- this is going to be the case? Yeah, definitely. I, we were all saying at the end of last season, where we Gomez would be nice, but Zuma's... You know, we've got to have Zuma. Yeah. Um, he when he first came in on loan, I thought probably the same as a lot of people. He's been relegated with Stoke. He's he's a he's a cast off at, at mm-hmm. Chelsea. Do we really need him? We've just spent thirty million on Yerimina, and then it showed through the season that yeah, we did need him. We did want him. Yeah. Um, and I think it is a big blow. I don't think that Yerimina showed enough last season to say that he could be a mainstay at centre half alongside uh, Michael Keane. I think Keane's solid enough. I do think he needs someone who we can rely on next to him. I don't think he's at that level. Of confidence uh, in his in his own performance to carry someone else. Okay. Um, so likes of Mason Holgate, yeah, can fill in, but you wouldn't want Yeri Mina and Mason Holgate together. And Michael Keane probably wouldn't want the responsibility of, of coaching Holgate through a game as well. Who you know didn't play an awful lot of football for Everton last season. Didn't play an awful lot of football when he went out on loan. When he did, it was at right back, and you know West Brom fans loved him at right back. So yeah. maybe. Maybe coming back, that's where Silver sees him. So, well, obviously that was one of the uh, topics of conversation that we're going to talk about. So, do you kind of you see Holgate just fitting in as the 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 backup right back behind Coleman? I think he's probably going to be the utility man. Mm. You know, he can probably play right back or, or centre half. He can probably even that push defensive midfield. But you know, I think he's going to want to try and cement the position for himself. If that's right, right back, and he wants to go go toe-to-toe with Seamus Coleman then that'll that'll improve both of them as players and you know show that we've got some real competition there I do think though in the middle at the back we've, we we can't rely on just those two players we need to get someone else in and, and Zuma was what everyone everyone outside the club at least was pinning their hopes on I mean Connor, there was one game last season towards the end and I can't remember which one it was it was either Chelsea or Arsenal. it was one of the games where we kept a clean sheet and up until from Christmas onwards I was like well Gomez is the number one that we've got to get in. And then the one game that this game was, I can't remember, like I say, it completely changed my mind that we needed to get Zuma in. So I do think this is going to be massive, despite having the fact that we've got Key Mina. So for someone who gave him a three in his player ratings, what do you think? <laughs> I, I I am still very unconcerned about Zan and Kerzuma. No. I couldn't care either way at this point. And I, and I, I get, like, people don't like that. And I had abuse the other day when I said it elsewhere. <laughs> but I don't see the care to him that everyone else sees. I don't believe he's worth £40 million. Okay. And he's 
to go back to the who was one A one B with Gomes and Zuma, it was always Gomes for me because of how much more we needed in midfield than we needed centre half. I think Yeri Mina, as he's proved in the Copa America, is a fantastic defender who just needs to run a games and to stay fit. I can see sort of like Zuma is. Oh, I don't know what I've got with him, so let's go back to it. But I think that's sort of like playing it safe, sort of mentality. It's it's gonna this will rumble on now until the end of the window, and I think. We can't really afford that, especially with Chelsea, who is someone who they've got Lampard and they've lost Hard. They've lost they've Lampard as manager, lost Hazard, who's their best player. They're someone we can be looking at to take down a top four because they don't. We don't know what they're going to be. So why should we be held hostage for them till August fifth or whatever you want to say? The window shut. I don't know to to spend forty million on one of their players. They don't want. If they want to sell them, then we'll wait and just say we'll play our game and we'll get them when we want. Same we did with. Z- Z- same as we did with Mina and Gomes at Barcelona. There's other defenders out there that we can go and get tomorrow. Well, not tomorrow, and it'll be done there and then. But I very unconcerned about Zan and Zuma in particular. I said that last time when we brought up with I think Robin Connor, like he's someone like Decore who always gets brought up as a centre midfielder. We can only shine him. We can only shine Zuma. We can only shine Decore. We can only shine Seb Hall as a striker or someone like that. There's a thousand footballers out there that we can look at. Fair enough. We know what we've got with Kurt Zuma and we know what we might have with other players. There's a scout network at the club that knows what they're doing, so let's see what else they've got up the sleeves. We don't need to go back to someone who isn't a brilliant defender in the first place for me. I mean, I would fully expect them to have a plan B, absolutely, plan C. Yeah, even. yeah. But if the foundation's not being set, and, and what I mean is not just the individual qualities of Keane T- and Zuma, together, yeah. the partnership, because in a way, the partnership is actually more important and sometimes the individual no, yeah, qualities yeah, yeah. of the player. I, I agree, player. but they also had some of the worst games well, last season together as well, so I can see both ways. I think maybe we might look to move up to a, to a three this season and I think Zuma would complement them to sort of Wells and Enforcer with the pace because obviously the pair, the pair of them aren't blessed with pace, let's be honest about it. But as a defender, I don't know. I, I, I think we could look elsewhere and not be too concerned about it. And I feel like I've done it again. I would have just ranted at Kedzuma, but he's a good player, but he's not someone who's going to make or break, in my opinion, was pushing on to Europe. He's kind of being too harsh. I don't know about too harsh. I see see the benefits of of Zuma having been here last season, of having that relationship with the club, with Michael Keane and and Yeni Mina, with the manager. Um, And yeah, there there probably are defenders out there that we can go and get at at the drop of a hat and, and throw money at. But, they haven't got that connection. We don't know that they fit. We we knew we know that Kurt Zuma yeah. fit fitted the club. Um, we could buy a much much better defender who just doesn't fit in. Yeah, yeah, and doesn't work. And and for whatever reason, you know, Pickford doesn't like him or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that could just completely ruin that. Um, and sometimes I think when you've got a player that you know fits in the club, then playing safe is probably quite a nice thing to do. Um, with the centre forward. You know, you can take a bit more of a risk because um, I think Manzuki's been mentioned today. Mm-hmm. You know, Diego Costa as well. You can take a risk with that kind of attitude as a centre forward because if they bang the goals in, they can have that attitude as, as far as most people are concerned. Yeah. But as a defender, if you've got that attitude and you then make a mistake, that's it. You finish at the club, then mm-hmm. aren't you? It's, whereas Kurt Zuma, that big beaming smile of his, how could anyone dislike him? I'm, I'm, I'm shocked I... to have met someone. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> not the first. I mean. Last week on the show, I kind of said, "I mean, I'm I'm in your on your side, here, here, Simon." Conor, the, 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 no, I I I just said that I would 
wait as long as it took within the time frame of the window to get to get zooming in. But the more that I think about it now, it's it's actually pointless, isn't it? Because nothing is going to change because we know Chelsea's predicament. No, I I I think sort of going back to the partnership. But if you wait so long, then you can sort of like slot them in, and it's like no no one's mm. no one's missed anything. Like you put Keane and Zuma back together. But if we do that, then as I say, we'll wasting as I think you might have been about to say we're wasting time and try by getting someone else in bed and someone else in that, that's what like it, it's like the sort of the first day of school thing when you go back and meet your mates if Zuma comes back it's like alright well we did this last season this worked but if we wait too long then we're hampering ourselves mm. but, but yeah but that but what, also what I mean is nothing's going to change for the Chelsea situation no. so we should either just offer the money that they're asking for that they believe is worth whether that's 30, 40, 50 million um Obviously, fifty million is a, is a lot of money, um, or we don't, and we just move on because Chelsea aren't going to bring another defender in. That, they, they're probably set with their squad now, aren't they? And if Zuma is going to part of that, then surely that decision's kind of already been made, really, from a Chelsea point of view. I, th- I think we go back to Chelsea and we just tell them to stop being cheeky and just but, say, you've but, not, this, "This player hasn't kicked the football for you for two years." Mm, you, but is he going to get out. more of an opportunity this this time? Because I'll be honest, I, 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 obviously. Don't know, I haven't seen it, but I bet your Lampard's not guarantee, guaranteeing anyone first team football. You would never do that, would he? Or no, any absolutely. Would. But I think, you know, Marco Silva could be a bit clever or, or someone at Everton could be really clever and leak out, you know, we really, really want Zuma, but Chelsea are being, you know, idiots and, and playing hardball and want stupid money for someone that was on loan at Stoke mm. 13 months ago. Um, you know, and kind of make him feel loved and wanted at, Ever- at Everton without any official comments to, to get yeah. us into trouble. Um and get us a transfer ban like like Chelsea or something. <laughs> um, you know, be really clever and say we really want him. We you know we we really like Zuma. Get the players to sort of tweet their Instagrams st- or tweet tweet to him or something. Yeah. Say blue missing, t- missing you, bro. Blue heart. Um, yeah. <laughs> Lucas did that the other week, didn't he? We, we've already started. That he front. loves it. He's really, really he followed Fabian Delph. He in the world went mental yeah. on, on on Instagram. He followed Fabian Delph and it was posted on NSNO like on the forums, and it was like the deal's done. That's it. Yeah. Lucas Dean's followed him. It's done. <laughs> New roomies. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I just don't know whether we should wait now. I just think it probably... Just put the offer in. If it's rejected, then we move on. Just because we don't get him in this transfer window doesn't necessarily mean we can't get him in January or next summer. You know, obviously things can change. But did you see someone on Twitter posted to Alan Myers? I've just seen Zuma at a train station. In Stockport, yeah. <laughs> and apparently he wants to come, but he doesn't know because he doesn't know what Chelsea want to do. So, meanwhile, don't know how true that Meanwhile, he's like, actually but. in Japan. Exactly. I mean, the other issue, as we mentioned, um, we don't get like a really decent centre-back in. You know, Mina's injury record is terrible, isn't it? You know, is, I'm not denying his qualities. Yeah, like, yeah. We haven't really seen his qualities, but he does need a run of games, like you said. Yeah. yeah. And he needs he needs to stay fit. But, I mean, we've lost Jags as well, so it's not as if we've got back up in, in Jags. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a big season for Yeri Mina. Yeah, and I don't know. Maybe if we go back to Mason Allgate, if he's the third, like we do need someone, but I don't know who it is. I don't know if they're gonna say maybe. I, I do think that they'll go back for Zuma and probably push and push and push because of how big a role he played for Silva. But I think if they spend so much money on Yeri Mina, they're going to try and make that work first. So I think at this point, if we not get him, we need to find someone who's going to maybe be number three or four under Holgate, depending on which way you want to go. Because I don't think anyone coming up out of the 23s can sort of make that leap just yet. No. I don't think there's anyone there. So it's one of them. It's a notoriously difficult position to sort of come through at as yeah. well because, like, like we said, one mistake and you know yeah. your confidence is shot, and it's it's important if you make a mistake there. Um, 
with Gary Mina, I just think we need to remember that, that Premier League football isn't isn't international football. Mm. And I think Gary Mina needs to get used to getting knocked about a little bit because mm. um, he doesn't get that in international football. He's a big lad. He's protected by the referees. The, 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 the way of playing is totally different. Um, I think it was Billy Letanov who said that playing in the Premier League is like playing in the tumble dryer. So, you know, you've got to get used to being knocked around. And maybe just does need to be reminded he's a big lad. You know, get used to it. Yeah. You're gonna get you're gonna take the knocks. We're gonna expect you to take the knocks. Get on with it. Well, that's what we can get that that position sorted for the new season. Um just moving on then, little little question on the uh, captain for the new season. Obviously the the main captain, club captain, Jag Yelke, has gone now. Um, Coleman took over the armband. I mean, a number of players took over the armband in the Connor uh, last season. Last season, and it predominantly fell um, Coleman. We were talking just before we came here, and you kind of mentioned Baines, but Baines isn't going to play. Probably, yeah, he's, he's, vi- he's vice captain, so obviously, in theory, he'd probably step up. But yeah, I can't see. I think it. Captain. I think it will be Seamus Coleman, and yeah. then Baines will retain as vice captain. But that that is a question of we need someone who's going to be. Well, I say that Arsenal did it with like Mertes. So he wasn't capped. He wasn't captain on the pitch where he was captain club captain and he was obviously a voice on the bench but we need we're in a position where we need someone who's going to be on the pitch every week and barking orders and doing x y and z the interesting one i made him laugh as i'd be to before was someone said fabian delf straight away yeah but obviously we don't know if he's gonna play <laughs> what's the point but i think it probably falls to coleman or maybe i don't know i would i was gonna even say pickford but i yeah. can't even see pickford I, I think it'll just be coleman and baines and that'll be it do you, do you see Pickford then? As yeah, there? definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's mental enough. He's he's got he's he's the <laughs> is last. He too mental? No, no. <laughs> look, uh, goalkeepers union. He's he's never never too mental to be oh, a goalkeeper okay. or a captain. Um, you you know playing and goal. You see the game. You, you see things building. You see the pattern of the game. And I think you know that's important to, to have as a captain. Um, you know, playing at right back as a captain. I, I don't know if you see what's going on. The opposite corner of the, yeah. the pitch, you know. Um, but there were a lot, of, a lot of calls for Coleman to be captain, wasn't yeah. it? Like before he was captain, and you know he stepped up a little yeah. bit. I mean, his form wasn't great early stages of the season, but he did. It did kind of. He's, he's, an, he's a leader, um, and you know on the pitch and stuff. I think you mentioned uh, Saka. We did it with David Weir, uh, yeah. about two thousand and five, two thousand and six. We had him as captain, and he hardly ever played. Um, but I, th- I think you need someone who's a, who's a leader. I think. Coleman is Baines isn't going to play that often, so I think maybe Pickford could take it off off Coleman when, if Coleman goes off. Was it not be asked for to take it off Coleman? Yeah, I think so. Because um, obviously he's like the most vocal and X, Y, and Z, and he's been here forever, and he you know gets the club and all that sort of stuff. I think it would be harsh, but an interesting one for me. I was just thinking about it. There is maybe Gilfie Sigurdsson. Mm. Has he been here long enough to maybe get to, uh, demand it off someone? But because he plays in the middle and he sees everything and mm-hmm. he's sort of in the referee's face when we get fouled, yeah. so he could be an interesting one. But I think Do you it, think he's vocal enough? I don't know. And I'm not and as made it clear I'm not Gilfie Sigurdsson's biggest fan, but I think where he plays <laughs> Who's <laughs> biggest fan are ben, ben where, where come? Bernard 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 <laughs> But I wouldn't make him captain. Well Simon wants him gone for Delph. <laughs> but yeah, go back to it. I think it'd be very harsh to not pick Seamus Coleman. Yeah. Uh, he just seems like a natural, but if we if we replace him, then that's a, that's a different sort of question, isn't it? Is do we go and get someone who's going to be above him, or do we get someone who's going to be behind him to if he gets injured? So I don't know. Well, that smoothly moves on to that then. So tell us what what do you think? <laughs> Should we, you know, do a a, um, a Luca Dean and a, a Leighton Baines and basically just blow it out the water and bring someone in who's going to 
take over from Coleman or do we bring in an understudy? I mean, we kind of had an understudy and Kenny yeah. maybe wasn't cutting the mustard slightly. Um, he's moved on. Hopefully he's going to get experience in another country, you know, build his quality and stuff like that. Again, we've mentioned Mason Holgate. It's, it's a tough one because for me now, the right back position has become, you know, quite weak in terms of yeah. depth. Well, I don't, well, I was someone who thought maybe into the season we need to sort of say goodbye to Seamus Coleman and move on and say, oh, thanks for the memories and X, Y, and Z and let's go and get someone else now who, who sort of can adapt more to the modern game. But he, he just proved towards the end of the season that he still got up something about him. And it pondered the question of, do we now go and replace him with a big money player who we can maybe spend elsewhere? I don't know. Me, me main one was Wan-Bissaka, but he's obviously gone to United, so... I, I'm stumped for someone who we could maybe replace him with. Mm. I remember Keaton said he was linked, but I think he's about to go to Atletico Madrid, so that one's out the question. So for me, I'd go and just get a back up and let's just stick with Colin for twelve more months. If we get if we get to January and he's still that form he was pre-January last season, then we can reassess then and try and get someone then. And maybe if we can't, let's plan for next summer. But I think for what we've seen from Seamus Coleman towards the end, that we can say, oh we'll hang on here for a little bit longer and we'll trust in what we know and then maybe we'll get a back up. But I don't but the interesting situation with that is Kenny, because because where he's gone is as you've just said, he's gonna develop elsewhere and he could become a much better player. He's for Kenny he's got something about him for me, but he needs to take that next step. He's not gonna be Coleman, never will be, but defensive wise he's alright. So I don't I, I so then but then that's what I was about to say before I lost me train of thought was if he comes back and he's a much better player and you've mm. got someone in between him and Coleman, then what do you do? I mean, there's a lot of permutations, isn't there? You don't know yeah. how things are going to play out. I just think, you know, we don't really know, but, you know, Luca Dean, not many people really knew of him. Mm. I know he was probably well-known on, on the European circuit and stuff like that, um, but not many people knew, you know, Brands and Silver have obviously got this scouting network. So, you know, there could be players out there, couldn't there, that'll just fill in yeah. over the top of uh, Seamus Coleman and then, Hopefully that would maybe push Seamus on. I mean, we can't get too sentimental here, can we? Seamus has been great for us. If he is our right-back, full-time right-back next season, and he plays um, great, then obviously that's fantastic. Even if he doesn't, we're still going to support him. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we're talking about real, real quality players here who we're going to need to take this chance here to push on to the top four. I know you mentioned five, fifth and sixth. I, I just see it as pointless finishing fifth and sixth. Not, it's not pointless as in we get into Europe, but in terms of money, mm. it's it's just about the Champions League, isn't it? This is our big opportunity this season. Yeah. I, I think back to Coleman, though, he's, you know, 2009, he helped Blackpool get promotion, didn't he? And mm. then he came back to us. So he's played 10 seasons in the Premier League with Everton. You don't get that from many players. And like you say, we can't afford to be too sentimental you know, I think a lot of people at the at the beginning of the last season maybe thought that last season was his last season with mm. us. You know, at the end, like like you said, he, he pushed on um, and showed the Coleman that we know and love. But this season, is he going to be able to do that as often? Are we going to need someone to come in? You know, I mean, Marco Silva does multiple signings from the same club, so mm. we could be going back to Man City and you know, Kyle Walker could be <laughs> on the agenda, someone like that. That's a shout. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know... There could be anyone, but I, I do think he's seen he's he's maybe seen something in Holgate. Like I, I watched him a few times for West Brom last season at right yeah. back, and he he did look much much better. Mm. Obviously, it's a lower level, but even at that lower level, he was destroying teams, mm. and and the West Brom fans loved him, and and to get get on West Brom's fans' good sides is 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 a tough ask. 
But obviously, like we said, if Holgate comes in and he's going to be the, the deputy right back, it just leaves two two yeah. you know centre backs yeah. who just got to help the Coleman and Mina don't yeah. get injured at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> well, exactly. So in reality, we're going to need probably two centre backs really of, mm. of quality. We're, we're going to be able to throw in there and just say we know you're going to be able to yeah. perform. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's it's like I say, go back like maybe like centre half. There's no one in the academy you can even make that step up. No. Callum Connolly is probably the closest, but I think he would probably would have got there when Kenny was having a slip last season and Coleman weren't performing. Sorry, he was out on loan. So I mean, this season mm. he'd probably make that step up, but I can't see it. I, I think they're gonna have to go and get someone either better than Coleman or just as a deputy. I think they'll go and get a deputy to be honest. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, be surprised at it whatsoever. Um, okay, we'll finish off the podcast now. It's been about forty minutes. Um, just to finish off, though, will uh, did you did you just watch the uneventful draw against uh, Sion? It was on. Yeah, <laughs> not really <laughs> taken. Not saying I watched it, but it was on. I suppose when Kevin Morales was on the team sheet as right back, he just thought, I'm "Not going to watch couldn't, this." Couldn't miss it. Mm. Couldn't miss it. Wouldn't miss that for the world. <laughs> um, actually, you know, do you know what? Big fan of Kevin Morales when he's playing well. Yeah. You know, so again for those one or two games every couple of seasons, <laughs> then really good. Um, I think the penalty miss where he took it off, yeah, off, off Bain. That was just, the that like was the end for the beginning him. of the end, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. But in all fairness, with that though, like Martinez was the manager at the time. Yeah. Well, he, 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 oh, he threw his players under the bus then. Though. Yeah, but no, he, he needed to get a grip. Yeah. As you just said, yeah. like this is the designated penalty taker, and mm. yeah, it was uh, crazy. Well, we got Monaco this week, haven't we? Friday. Yeah. You're gonna watch that. Yeah, yeah good game, man. Yeah, Del Stabio. Is that at their their stadium as well? No, it's no, it's in that, that's Switzerland. Yeah, yeah, that huge stadium we played at. <laughs> and uh, Wigan the week after, he's going. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. You going? Yeah? yeah, good, good. So, have you been happy with the preseason for, so far and the teams that we've uh, played? It's all it's all about fitness, isn't it? Yeah, it, uh, results don't, don't win matter. I mean, like that. you know, I mean, twenty two nil was lovely last season, but then we <laughs> lost everything after that. Build confidence up, didn't it? Yeah, <laughs> until the next game. Right. Um, no, it's, it's about fitness. It's about proving that the players are worth their place. I, I, you know, from speaking to former players and stuff over the years, there's there's been, been enough of them telling me that they don't put a hundred percent in in pre season for me to believe them. Um, so I think when when it comes down to it at Palace, that's when we'll see. 100% and it's who Silver puts in then mm. that, that we see it. Yeah, because we were dreadful last season and Wolves away Wolves away. we started like, where's this team come from? Like we got battered by Blackburn, uh, Stead Renz and we showed signs against Valencia at home but it was like this new team I just appeared. Pre-season doesn't matter as long as they stay fit and don't get injured and we get short of players who've had half an hour that was decent against Monaco. That's perfect. Okay, uh, good place to finish there. That is the end of this week's View from the Gala Street Fan Podcast. To my guests, Connor and Simon, thank you for coming on. We'll both definitely have you back on if you want to come on. Okay. Um, so yeah, Everton have got Monaco on Friday, Wigan next week and a couple more friendlies after that and then obviously to the big one on the 10th of August against Crystal Palace. Podcast is back regularly now, so um, keep you up to date with all the news um, Everton News on the Liverpool Echo website as well as through our Royal Blue podcast on the iTunes and Acast channel. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to The View from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo.